0: everybody welcome to up all night a horror anthology podcast my name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that loves mummies it's brandon how you doing brandon
1: i do love them mummies mummies and daddies all everybody
0: oh you're such a kind and caring person you just love mummies and scarecrows and all that spooky shit
1: that's true i'm a
0: spooky boy <laughs> well, Brandon, we're double recording today, so I already know how your week was going, but like I don't know. I wanna ask again. This is your second <laughs> opportunity here, Brandon. Did you do anything right. cool this week? Tell us tell us now.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah, I didn't do any of that stuff I said last time. Uh I did sure. totally different stuff.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. What'd you have for dinner? Like t- tell me about that. What what you been eating lately?
1: Oh man, today I had some sausages. Ooh, it was so good.
0: Man, I'm I gotta say I love sausages. I'm kinda jealous of your your sausage availability over there yeah <laughs> australia is crazy about sausages that's really difficult to segue into anything <laughs> i know <laughs> how's the weather oh man it's getting warm over here brandon how's the weather over there
1: <laughs> it's getting cold over here
0: Cortland. how's the weather there um let me see brandon so Recently, we restarted our Animal Crossing island. Apparently, we just really wanted it to be 2020 again with the lockdown or something. But oh, everybody having does. A... Oh, right. I wish... Look, minus all the death and stuff, that lockdown was wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been playing Animal Crossing again like it's 2020, and I'm really enjoying myself. But the problem with it is that I haven't been playing Zelda because of it. I need to start playing that.
1: Do you? You know? never got
0: Animal Crossing. I mean, yeah, but... You never played Animal Crossing, did you? I feel like your family would love that game.
1: We own them all. We just, nobody cares about them.
0: That sucks. We could enjoy each other's islands and and all that good stuff. And, you know, if any of you folks at home want to play Animal Crossing with me, just let me know. <laughs> um, You know, Diablo 4 came out pretty recently, so I've been playing that on stream. Of oh. oh, that's it's, cool. It really, like, so Diablo 4 is great and everything, it's fun, but when I try to stream it sometimes, my stream is just like, we can't handle this game, sorry. And I'm just like, what? Because it, it's Why, too though? cool? It's too cool, yeah, too too cool for school. Too much action going on? I don't know, it's really fucking annoying though, so half the time my stream just ends and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not streaming anymore, so <laughs> it's really fucking stupid. I don't, you know what, Brandon, I'm I'm tired, you want to just cut through this episode?
1: <laughs> yes. Very tired and very eager to talk about this episode.
0: We just got done watching Season 2, Episode 15, Mute Witness to Murder, Brandon. Dun, dun, dun! What did you think about this episode? It was alright. <laughs> <You did what? laughs> I was very eager to talk about it. It's alright. Whatever. Uh, you know what? You can probably guess what happened. You know but- what?
1: <laughs> I actually quite liked this one. And it was like a return to form because it was like horror. This was a horror episode, and it's something that I'm actually quite freaked out about, and I have been since I was a kid.
0: Oh, okay, well, you can tell me more about that when we get to it, the, you know, trauma of Brandon. Yes. Does it involve straitjackets? Not necessarily, those look comfortable. Oh, sure, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought this episode was was uh, a good one i liked watching it i thought it was tense in the right moments um the story is pretty solid it's kind of one you've already seen before a little bit you know if you've ever seen the shia labeouf movie uh shit what was that called the one where he sees like his murder kill or his his neighbor kill his wife you know disturbia it's kind of disturbia
1: yes that's the cultural touchstone (laughs) yeah maybe even a rear window the knockoff of disturbia
0: (laughs) all right all Brandon you know I'm not cultured enough to know what those are I tried to go with like anyway Let's fuck I talk about this episode Okay let's do it it. So this episode starts off with our best friend the Crypt Keeper I love saying that he is my bestie Hmm. you know
1: Yeah he's great
0: He's dressed up like a doctor and he's sitting at his little table with his black cat next to him And he's got a book of stories in front of him And he tells us good evening and says he had quite a scare And I'm like, oh, no, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Crypti, you okay, bud? (laughs) He thought his heart was beating again. That's a good one, though. So he laughs a whole bunch. And he sets down his stethoscope saying tonight's tale is a villainous voyage of murder medical madness that screams out the cryptoquences of getting too nosy with your neighbors. Okay. (laughs) All right, Crypti.
1: Yeah, that's a bit much, bud. With the alliteration we get it yeah
0: he tried he tried real hard with this one so the next <laughs> time you stare into somebody's window remember curiosity killed the cat and that's that like we take a good look at the cover and it's just a dude in the foreground screaming because he's getting stabbed in the neck with a hypodermic needle and that sucks yeah that'll do it there's a woman behind him that looks pretty spooked yeah um my I, I had kind of a fear of hypodermic needles for a while until I went to nursing school and then I had to use one, but um, it's because I watched Halloween 2, and in that movie, Michael Myers takes a hypodermic needle, he fills it with air, and he stabs somebody with it and injects them, so from then on, I was totally worried that somebody was going to accidentally put air in a needle and kill me with it.
1: Yeah, seems like a matter of time, right?
0: Yeah, it's going to happen. I was getting so many vaccinations, I was like, one of these ones is going to have air in it. I just know it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen. You just don't know when.
0: Thankfully, well, I mean, I guess I still have some life left in me, so it could still happen, but hopefully it doesn't. We fade into the episode now to some kind of jazzy piano music, and we're looking at a Halloween party or something on the balcony of an apartment. And we cut inside, where a woman says, anyway... There we were, two perfect strangers, completely and totally unknown to each other, who happened to be standing on the same exact street corner at the same exact moment in time. I mean, I'd stop to look in the store window. If Paul's elevator had been just one minute faster or slower, we never would have met. A guy in a prisoner costume says, that's a miracle. And our main girl, whose name is Susie, agrees. And up walks a dude and says, don't you agree? He does, because they smooch, saying that they were totally lucky. It was the luckiest moment in their life, in fact. The two people she was telling the story to on the balcony say, all right, I'm going to head out, and they walk away. And the woman who said that was dressed like a Viking. And I just got to say, Brandon, what a cool party this is. What a radical party. I
1: know. I don't know what's going on, but they seem like they're having fun.
0: Sure. Four people dressed up like things. <laughs> really great. They're doing something. Except now they're just like, all right, fuck this. We're out. Yeah. She, was, she was like bringing up her story about how they met And they're like oh god this again Alright well we're, we're gonna get out of here <laughs> We've heard this story <sighs> 600 fucking times
1: <laughs> Sleepy It's 7pm Ah uh, yeah I've been up since noon
0: <laughs> They walk inside and the prison dress guy Complains that he can't wait to get out of that costume Even though it's not like a You know tight costume by any means Or anything like that the Viking lady, she yells good night, and the husband, uh, at this point I didn't know what he was, so I said, or whatever he is of the episode, <laughs> rushes up to smooch that Viking lady on the cheek as she leaves. He closes and locks the door, and he turns back over to Susie as the music gets jazzier. And we get a good look at Susie, whose costume is like a cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a cat. Classic sure, costume. She's got the cat ears and everything. She takes off the cat ears, and she turns around as the man says, you know what? And Susie does know what, which she says over and over again for some reason, (laughs) and then the two hug. (laughs) But what's this, Brandon? The man's got something hidden, and uh, it's so that she couldn't find it. And we stay with Susie on the balcony, who's smiling, when she hears some commotion. This episode kind of gets right into it. It does. The apartment across from her has some people yelling, and a woman is screaming about how her man needs to take an aspirin and shut the fuck up, and... It's just a lot of, like, you know, yelling. Yeah, it's very loud. He wanted to go home five minutes after they got to the party, Brandon. And then he shushes her, and she says, Don't you shush me! She wanted to stay at the party for the whole evening! Susie ducks down so that she isn't spotted when the lights of that apartment go out. And the woman inside yells more about the lights going out, and she yells like, I feel like I'm feel like I'm jumbling things here, but, like, this is kind of exactly what happens. So. It is, yes. Like, Susie is on the balcony of her apartment, looking out across the way to the apartment that is fully lit and not at all private. <laughs> so she sees all of what's going on. And for some reason, we can hear both of them screaming from inside the apartment, and that doesn't seem possible. Like, but that's okay.
1: There's no curtains And probably not even any windows, because you can hear them clearly, like they're standing right next to you. Right.
0: Out of nowhere, the doctor in that apartment grabs a light and smacks this woman with it, and she falls to the ground. And Susie sees all this and watches as the woman gets back up and threatens to sue him for every goddamn sentence he has.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he attacks her and tries to kill her, and her response is to stand up and start talking more shit.
0: Yeah, she's like, oh, you
1: shouldn't have done that, I'm gonna sue you. Which, I'm not- I'm not victim-blaming, but yes, I am. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> shut up. Just stop.
1: Play dead or something.
0: Yeah. The doctor grabs the... um, I didn't know what to say here. The pulley thing off the curtain? <laughs> that, well, <laughs> like, no, that's, that's what they're called. The thing that you use to, like, lower the curtains or whatever. And he uses it to strangle that woman until she fucking dies. Yeah. Then the doctor turns off the rest of the lights and it goes black in the apartment. And Susie just stares on that for a few moments when Paul walks out of the balcony saying, Happy anniversary, sweetheart.
1: He does it with a bad Humphrey Bogart impression.
0: Oh, well, I didn't catch that, so I didn't put it in my notes. (laughs) Susie doesn't react to that. She just stares at the other apartment and Paul walks up asking, What's all the hubba? What's the matter? And she just shakes a whole bunch and looks over at Paul, who asks her to talk. But Susie can't seem to talk at all, Brandon. No, she's got nothing to say.
1: It's like she's on a podcast and someone asked her how her week was.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yes. He hugs her, telling her it's okay, and to just take a couple of deep breaths. He lifts her up and carries her into the apartment, and then runs out of the room saying that he's going to go get a doctor. And we stay with Susie, who is just kind of sitting there, like, struggling to talk, and then stands up out of her chair and walks over into the bathroom. She closes that door and turns on the sink. And she looks at herself in the mirror and she tries to talk, but just like these shrill little gurgles come out. (laughs) They're little squeaks,
1: Cortland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She sounds like someone stepped on a rubber duck, and it's it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Poor girl. The door opens up, And it's Paul, and he's brought a doctor. Like, he got that doctor (laughs) lickety-split.
1: Yeah, that doctor must have been living
0: quite near. Hmm. Well, we see the doctor, and his face is mysteriously shrouded in a shadow, like he's Morticia Adams. He tells Susie to go sit down so that he can get a better look at her. And Paul turns on the lights, and Susie looks at the doctor and slowly realizes it's the man that just committed murder, Brandon.
1: (gasps) Oh, shit.
0: Paul explains that this is Dr. Trask, and he lives across the courtyard from them. Susie just stares at him as he examines her eyes and then checks her pulse. And the, the two men of the room walk to step away from her, and Trask asks, what happened?
1: Oh boy, I just gotta say, yeah. this guy looks like a villain. Sure does. He, he's the kind know. of actor who has a very sharp, angular face. He looks like... He's going to kill you, and if he is a doctor, there is no way anyone would want
0: to be in his care at all. Doesn't he have, like, slick back hair and everything, too? He does. classic 90s villain? Yeah. Yes, he looks exactly like the prototypical villain. Well, Paul says that he was out of the room for, like, five minutes tops, and when he came back, she was just standing there. She couldn't talk and hardly move. It was like someone put a spell on her or something. She hasn't spoken a word since, and I'm like, she's only been there, I guess it's only been, like, two minutes, you guys. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it hasn't been long enough to be like, oh my god, she's got, like, no-speak disease or something. What's the cure? (laughs) It's like, man, maybe she's just, like, taking a while to form her thoughts. We don't know. It's been ten seconds. Give her a sec.
0: God. Well, Trask kind of stumble-asks where she was standing exactly when he found her. And he says, oh, out there, looking out of the balcony. And Paul steps out to the balcony to show him. And Trask just menacingly stares at Susie because he knows that she knows. Susie looks at him for a moment before he walks over to the balcony. Trask gets a real good look out this balcony and sees it looks right into his apartment where he murdered a woman. Yeah. Hmm. So he stops and he takes out a big needle saying, Mr. Hastings, I'm going to need your help. And Susie sees that needle from the window and gets up off the couch. She grabs a fire poker and smacks it into the first man that comes into the apartment. But unfortunately for Susie, it's Paul. Seems more unfortunate for Paul. Yeah, well, you know, Brandon, this would be a really short episode if she hit Trask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And her husband's like, what'd you do that for? And she's like, oh, God, I could talk now. Anyway, he murdered his wife. Exactly.
0: (laughs) The doctor instructs Paul to hold his wife because they need to give her something. So Paul grabs her from around the waist and knocks her to the ground. And then he gets on top of her and holds her down because... When a doctor tells you to do something, you do everything you possibly can to make it happen, Brandon. I mean,
1: not when they look like that, but yeah, I get the thought.
0: Yeah, if a doctor's like, hey, I'm going to give your wife something, I will tackle her to the ground.
1: (laughs) If a doctor has slicked back hair and looks like a real piece of shit, then I'm going to be like, hey, I don't think so. But, you know, this is the 90s. Right. I gotta say, Paul seems like he genuinely loves Susie. It seems like this couple is very loving and we don't see that a lot on these shows.
0: You're right. But at this point, I was kind of like, does he though? Because like the doctor's like, hey, you know, we're going to drug this woman or we're going to drug your wife. And he's like, you got it, doc. I'm on it.
1: Yeah, I think he loves her. I think he's also just stupid.
0: Yes, he's he's pretty stupid. (laughs) Paul looks over at the doctor with his giant ass needle because this thing is huge. And he asks, what's that for? And Trask says it's a mild sedative and injects that shit right into Susie's leg. Susie doesn't like that very much, though. And Paul's like, oh, girl, it's going to be totally fine. <laughs> Trask suggests that they run some tests ASAP and they could take her to Long Hill. And the scene fades away as Susie falls unconscious. She awakens strapped down in a straitjacket and rolling across the floor of a hospital on a gurney. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Paul doesn't question any of this shit. <laughs> Mm-mm. Oh man, Brandon, you better never like accidentally stop talking around Becker or she's going to have you ad- admitted to a psychiatric institute immediately.
1: As as far as I'm concerned, that's the only choice. Like what other path do you have?
0: You can't talk for a second straight to Long Hills with you.
1: Yeah, like you're clearly just not even worth existing in society if you
0: can't talk for a little bit paul doesn't question any of this stuff though he's just kind of like all right and they they put her in the jacket so she wouldn't hurt herself and they're keeping her overnight for observation and we see them wheel her into a room that opens up like it's from the future you know it opens from the bottom and it goes Shh, like top yeah up. star it's trek like a spaceship. Stuff. yeah it's really it's pretty radical like the effects and the um technology in this episode are pretty cool trask tells paul to sign here And it looks like she's in a padded cell, Brandon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because she didn't talk for a few minutes.
0: Yeah, so she is just insane. (laughs) (laughs) Paul says she's still having problems speaking and suggests maybe it's a stroke or something from shock, maybe. But Trask says that she has suffered from a harrowing ordeal. She's tired and fragile. Paul asks what he can do and the doc tells him to go home and get some sleep. She'll be like totally fine. You can pick her up in the morning. Trask looks into some fancy video surveillance system, saying, This is Trask in room 19. Mr. Hastings is leaving now. Please show him out. the door opens up, and Paul takes a look at Susie, saying, Well, I'm out (laughs) of (laughs) here.
1: Have a nice night in the crazy room.
0: Oh, my God. Enjoy your padded cell. Yeah. Trask is going to take good care of you. See you tomorrow.
1: I'm going to go home and
0: eat our anniversary dinner. Oh, my God. I'm going to open up all the presents. I'm having another party without you—that's what I thought. I thought maybe he was in on it for a little bit there, but he—he's not. Spoilers. Susie, in her straight jacket, stands up and runs out of the room after Paul, but she's scooped up by the nurse and put right back into the padded room. Paul runs in too, but Trask stops him, saying, "Don't worry, man. This is all cool, and you can see her tomorrow for sure." Without a word, Paul just leaves the room. The door closes, and now it's just Trask and Susie. And Trask starts breathing heavy, like he's having a heart attack or something. And then he pops open a bottle of pills and swallows one. And he looks over at Susie, saying, I got a heart condition. Too much excitement and noise and talking. It aggravates it terribly. Yeah, that's That's not not going to come come up again. No, for sure not. (laughs) He walks over to Susie now, as she's huddled up in the corner. And he sits down next to her, saying, I could attempt to explain myself, but... If you don't mind, I think I'll just skip the justifications. You are in a sanatorium. The last grievous stop of the irretrievably insane. And I'm just like, okay, Trask, enough with the, the big words here. I, I have to write these notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a small private sanatorium of which I am both director and chairman of the board. Susie is a mess now and slowly turns her head and stares at him. And he says, and according to my diagnosis, you are also a dangerous psychotic that needs to be saved from herself. Yes, I know this seems unfair, but that is what you get when you intrude so rudely to a neighbor's life. He looks down at her knees and says that she can she unclench her nervous knees.
1: intruded on him?
0: This is what you... Look, in Trask's eyes, she's a trifling bitch. Okay, Brandon? You would know all about okay. that.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Um, He says that you know she can unclench her nervous knees and he has no interest in defiling her. So, I, I don't know. He tries to keep that that thing in a minimum at long hill all that defiling of people
1: well i sure hope so
0: he is the chairman of board come on now trask stands up and walks over to the security system saying yeah this is trask in 19 again hastings is ready for her medication now and then we see the nurse sanitizing Susie's leg and sticks her with a giant needle and injects her with something
1: yeah there's a lot of needling going on in this
0: episode lots of needles this is needle the episode trask tells her good night And then we pop over to Trask's room and he's saying something remarkable has happened to your wife because we're like time jumped a little bit there. Probably the next morning because he's talking with Paul. Something profound and traumatic. Since she's neither unwilling or unable to tell us herself, we're just going to have to wait and see. And Paul's there, right? And he's got flowers. (laughs) Like everything was just going to blow over in the morning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what the doctor told him. You can pick her
0: up tomorrow. It's all going to be cool, dude. His smile fades and he says, wait, wait for what? Trask tells him until she snaps out of it It could be tomorrow Or it could take years You never (laughs) know
1: Okay At that point I'd be like alright We're leaving like I know If she doesn't talk again like You know what that's fine We'll work through this
0: exactly Like just just be like I'd like to sign the papers He's just like no
1: I don't want A woman who doesn't talk at my house
0: (laughs) Keep her here uh, it's it's kind of stupid Paul's kind of an idiot <laughs> He's dumb We pop over to the nurse And she's spooning around some gruel And she looks at Susan saying
1: "You are a good hungry girl, yes Here comes the
0: airplane Susan just stares at her And then takes a nibble of the food from the spoon And then the nurse says You're not like the other ones, are you? And Susan shakes her head And she eats some more food And the nurse says that carrots are good for the nerves And they make good strong brain cells And I put in my notes okay (laughs) sure now Brandon, i thought this nurse was going to be like oh she doesn't need to be here let's get her out of here you know let's make an escape or something well that doesn't happen
1: no that dr trask is just so charismatic and charming with his evil looking face
0: (laughs) it's the slicked back hair (laughs) (laughs) Brandon. Anyways, over with Paul in his apartment now. His friend from the beginning of the episode is there. And by friend, I mean it's actually his sister. I just didn't know that until after I wrote my notes. And she's Mm -hmm. not dressed like a Viking this time, so I wasn't sure who she was. Her name is Dolores, though, apparently, according to IMDb. She's doing some dishes because Paul can't take care of himself anymore and asks what the doctor is doing for her and how much longer till she can get out of that jacket. Um... In my notes, though, you know, I was writing my notes as if this was Paul's apartment. It might be Dolores' apartment. Ultimately, though, everybody, it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Who cares? No, none of this matters. Paul explains the story over and over again, but Dolores stops him, saying, Oh, come on, Paul. After 13 years of working in a medical research laboratory, I've never heard of anyone going from sane to insane in the space of five minutes. That just doesn't happen. Paul gets real saying, girl, you should have seen her. She can't even talk. She doesn't know where she is or who I am. (laughs) Oh, she can't talk? Never mind. Crazy. Well, you know what? In Paul's defense, she did come at him with a golf club. So, like, I can see. If she hadn't done
1: that, then all of this would have been different.
0: Yes. But, uh, you know, I can see why she would, though, because that man just murdered somebody. So, like, she's like, oh, you know, citizen justice. (laughs) Yeah, she was swinging wild. She was taking her swings,
1: but yeah, so all went bad for her because he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She doesn't know friend from foe. Exactly. And she doesn't talk.
0: She's crazy. Dolores asks the real questions. What do you know about the doctor anyway? If it were me, I'd leave no stone unturned. I'd make damn sure Susie was in the right hands. Susan should have married Dolores. I know. (laughs) Dolores has her best interests in mind. (laughs) We warp over to Trask to do just that. Check him out. And it looks like Trask has a big old security system that just watches Susie all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like ten monitors, just different angles of Susan.
0: Yeah. Including one that's
1: like her mouth in a close-up.
0: Yeah, he's weird. And we just kind of see her pacing back and forth in her boring padded cell. And Paul sees that asking, oh my goodness, what's happening to her? And Trask apologizes and says, He's beginning to worry since there's been no change at all. Perhaps there's something you haven't told me? Paul asks, Like what? And Trask probes further, saying that the two of you were celebrating your wedding anniversary. Sometimes the first few years of married life, you know, annoying, the constant yammering. And Paul's like, What you talking about? You saying we wasn't happy? We were totally happy. We had our problems, but so does everybody. And Trask says, Yeah, of course you were happy. And Paul raises his voice a bit, and Trask tries to shush him, because, you know, exciting things cause Paul or cause Trask to die. Yes. And um Trask explains that the psyche is like a k- kaleidoscope. One shift, the slightest turn, can affect everything. What was once quiet and familiar can become terrible and terrifying. I believe this is what has happened to your wife. She's a kaleidoscope. <laughs> She's terrible and terrifying now, because she does not talk one tiny thing shifted and now the world is terrible she squeaks like a dolphin and that is terrifying (laughs) well paul on the other hand he cannot believe it so in response trash takes a step to his desk boops a button and calls the nurse saying mr hastings is going to be leaving now then he closes those security cameras paul leaves the room saying that he's going to be back And in walks the nurse, and Trash tells her that the husband could become extremely disadvantageous to the patient. Arrested development, paranoid fantasies, etc. He could disrupt treatment. From now on, I'll be monitoring his visits personally. The nurse understands that and walks out of the room. So, he's, you know, trying to keep Paul away from Suzy.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want him watching Arrested Development. Like, yeah, that's what I got out
0: of it. I mean, it's a great show, but doctor's orders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do whatever the psychopath says.
0: Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite neighbor. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got. We are just so thankful for you spending some time with us. If you want to support the show, become a patron at patreon.com/slash private island. We post content all the time, like multiple times a week, so there's always something to enjoy. We have early release episodes up to two weeks early, we have bonus episodes like movie reviews, we got video episodes, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Venicewitch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad, Magical, and Faith. The Goths, Steven, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, Preston, and Corey the citizens of carlsville sarah ryan mr normal matt keith christy angela and meredith and you boys and girls kathy farren bryce and brian thank you for your support everybody brandon and i truly appreciate it you can find us all over social media we're at up all night podcast on instagram and threads at uan pod on twitter at up all night podcast ha on youtube and at private island presents on tiktok we post new content to go along with our show, and we've had over four years of memes made, gifts, uh, videos, and so much more for you to enjoy. If you'd like to hang out live, you can find me on Wednesday nights about 7.30pm Eastern on Instagram, where we watch full-length episodes of the shows that we cover, as well as things that you request. You can also catch me on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash privateislandsea, where I play some video games. Last Saturday, we played a few rounds of Jackbox, and it was a blast. We had so much fun interacting with you guys and we had a full crowd playing the games with us. Our Season 2 wrap-up is coming up quick, so if you want to get a shout-out on the show and have your questions answered, get those questions in. You can send them to us through social media, of course, or you can email them directly to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in to our little show. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Yeah! <laughs> we take a look at Susie just walking around her cell a bit, and she notices a camera. So she walks up close to it, and we hear the voice of Paul saying, Everything's going to be all right. And then we warp to where he's looking out the window and talking to himself. And he's going to find out what happened, and she'll come back. She'll come home to him. And it reminds me, Brandon, of the scene in An American Tale where they sing Somewhere Out There into the Night. Do you remember that scene?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same.
0: I love that song. <laughs> we should cover that movie sometime in a plot point. Dude,
1: we could do a whole Don Bluth marathon. I mean... We've already done Rock-A-Doodle. We've already done his magnum opus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could have a super cut of all of them together, and then everybody would love it. You gotta sign on to Patreon for that shit, though. But that sweetness, the sweetness brand is interrupted by the psych ward being busted into, and it's Paul. And the nurse is there checking out this ruckus when up pops Trask, saying, Alright, that'll be all, Mr. Hastings. What can I do for you? And Paul smacks Trask, saying, I want to see Susie. Trask tells him, sure thing, pal, and the two walking down the little hallway before Paul grabs Trask and pushes him up against the wall, yelling, no, no TV, I want to see Susie in person. So they do just that. They open up the door to Susie's cell, and Paul walks in to see a restrained Susie on a gurney, and then the door closes behind them. He runs up to Susie and says that he missed her so much, and he keeps going back to that night, rewinding the tape over and over again, you know, the tape in his mind, because he's not crazy. He's in the bathroom, looking for the bracelet. Spoiler, she gets a bracelet for her anniversary. You're alone. When I come out, you're frozen. Something about it is just all wrong. But what? Something happened when I was in the bathroom. It had to have been something in the living room. Susie is laying there, shaking her head, so Paul runs over to figure out what she's trying to tell him. He asks, was it a phone call that I didn't hear? (laughs) She shakes her head. Something outside. And she nods vigorously. She saw something, and that's why she can't talk. And we pop over to Trask, who's listening in to everything and filling up another one of his signature hypodermic needles.
1: (laughs) He's just got so much juice ready to go.
0: He does. He really does. Look, you can't have Trask without a hypodermic needle filled with some sort of... He's
1: just got a barrel in his office. He just sticks
0: the needle in. (laughs) He takes what he needs, man, and he refills it. Paul asks... Was it anyone I know? And Susie looks at him. Paul asks, the doctor? Trask? And she nods. Suddenly, the lights go out. And Trask pops out of nowhere and stabs Paul in the neck with that gigantic needle. Shit. Trask looks at him saying, Congratulations, Mr. Hastings. You'd be very good at charades if you weren't about to die.
1: They were good. Like, they made quite a team there. I don't know why they couldn't have done that before.
0: Yeah, they really should have done that first thing. (laughs) It's like
1: he never even
0: asked her, like, hey. What happened? Yeah. All you got to do. Here's what you do. If this ever happens to you, you just look at the person and you say, what happened? That's all you have to do. And then they'll tell you. Yeah, And then
1: they blink and you're like, okay, three words. First (laughs) word.
0: It's a movie. Yes. But no. Apparently, Paul here is about to die, though. So Paul takes that needle out and he flops to the ground. And Trask quickly goes to the security camera saying that he sent Mr. Hastings home and they may bolt the gates. So Paul stands up. He shuffles over to Trask, and he attempts to stab him with the needle, but he misses, and it pops into the wall, and then he falls to the ground. Trask looks over at Susan and says, see, I gotta do this in self-defense. Then he grabs Paul by the neck, and he just snaps his neck like Agent Smith from The Matrix.
1: With his foot.
0: Was it his foot? Yes. Oh, I thought he grabbed his neck with his hand. Okay. No, he
1: sticks his foot on his neck and like does a little tap dance, and he dies. It is Cap absurd. right
0: over his head. <laughs> it's, see, I thought he I thought he grabbed Paul's throat with one hand and snapped his neck with one hand. And I was like, damn, is he fucking Superman? No, he
1: slightly moves his foot a bit. And <laughs> it just cracks. That's so ridiculous.
0: Uh, well, he sighs, saying, Ah, love. Once again, it complicates everything. Then he starts filling up another needle. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part So
1: He needs one of those friggin' super soakers With the little backpack
0: <laughs> My favorite part about all of this is like He's like yeah uh, Mr. Hastings is out of here And then he kills him And then they don't show us like What he does to the body Like nobody no. cares nobody And there's notices. cameras
1: running 24-7 Like 30 of them
0: apparently There was somebody watching them do that. No those.
1: one else is watching these security cameras
0: It it. Uh... Like maybe, (sighs) let's give the episode the benefit of the doubt Maybe all the video cameras are only in his office to be seen But I don't don't know, it's stupid
1: Then who's he talking to when he's like Hey, this is Trask in room 19, open up
0: I assume it's the nurse, but maybe it's just an audio thing I don't know
1: (laughs) She didn't hear the I've gotta kill this man in self-defense
0: He's such a stupid dumb (laughs) Okay Over with the nurse, Susie's in the shower room, I guess, which is just a crappy room with a hose in it, and says, All right, you're nice and clean. Now it's time for a little pill and a nice long nap. Then Trask's walks up and tells her to get back to her desk. (laughs) So he walks into the room with Susie and puts a coat around her, saying, Frankly, I'm too fragile for all this excitement. My heart is too weak for such violence. Consequently, I've arranged to operate on you. Shall we say... Alibotomy. of course you and i both know that you won't survive the surgery this little situation of ours must be resolved absolutely it's so lovely in here with you susan so quiet and susie shimmies away from that creep and sinks down in the corner of the room crying and then utters out a oh paul and she realizes that she just spoke and she stands back up now i i didn't mention but trask is not in the room when she talks
1: <laughs> mm, that's good for her
0: yeah She's got a little secret weapon in the way of her voice, I guess. So, yeah, he's going to give her a fucking lobotomy, Brandon. Those were outlawed, but he's going to do it. Yeah, I'm
1: thinking this guy
0: might not be the most ethical caretaker. I don't think so. There's just something about him. I just don't like him. We fade to Trask, whose heart's acting up again, and he shakes out some pills, and he takes one. But he, like, knocks all the other pills out of the bottle because his hands are just so shaky. And he can't possibly pick them up and put them back in the bottle. And he's just kind of watching Susan in a room from the camera. He's a weirdo. We pop back in with Susan, who's rocking on the floor with her straitjacket on when the door opens up and Trask walks into the room with a surgical gown on. And he says, morning, Susan. I thought I'd come retrieve you myself. And he lifts Susan up off the ground, saying that he's going to release her from her straitjacket now. And he begins unbuckling her. I know, right? What is he doing? (laughs) Why? What
1: are you doing, man? This is this your first time, like, illegally keeping someone in an insane asylum to give them a lobotomy to murder them so they don't be a witness to your first
0: murder or
1: previous murder?
0: So I think what's happening here, Brandon, is that Trask is getting really comfortable around Susan. And I think he thinks that Susan likes him a little bit for some reason, even though he just killed her husband. And he's just stupid. There, everybody's stupid in this episode. Yeah, for everybody's
1: pretty stupid. <laughs>
0: So I think I think he's just like, oh yeah, she's she's good. I mean, I just told her I was going to murder her, but like she's got no other things going on. I'll just let her out of the straitjacket. I don't know. Maybe he thought that he was, she was going to kiss her him. a little bit comfortable. He begins unbuckling her and taking the jacket off, and he turns her around to look at her, and Susan smiles for a second and then grabs this dude's face. <laughs> and pushes him up because against the padded wall. Of
1: course she does.
0: I mean, I would, right? I'd be like, oh, you're so sweet. Grab that face. <laughs> yeah, she goes for the eye gouge. Perfect. Excellent, Susan. Get it. He grabs her hair and throws her across the room. But it does not phase Susie, okay? Because she runs right back over to him and grabs his face again. And I thought that was awesome. Like, I'm, I love Susie. I think she's great. He gets his arms around her throat and starts strangling her for a moment. But we hear that his heart is acting up again because we can hear those heartbeats. So he falls to the ground and lets her go and tries to get his pill bottle open. But he accidentally dropped them all over in the last scene, Brandon, so he doesn't have any new pills. What an idiot. Susan stands up as he falls to the ground and begs for her help. He asks her to call the desk and get him his pills. But he's like, oh shit, you can't speak. And Susan looks at him and says, oh yes, I can. And he looks at her for a moment and then begs again for his help, for the pills. You know, call the desk, I'm going to die without him. I can't even breathe. Aww. He says, look, you can't just stand there and watch me. But Susan's a badass. So she says, I want to watch you. You deserve to die. And he sputters out, murderer. And Susan slaps back, like you? (laughs) The
1: nerve, man.
0: I know. He's so, ugh. So privileged and pompous. He grabs her legs and coughs in, like you. And then Trask fucking dies, Brandon. Good riddance. I know the worst doctor ever. Slowly, Susie slowly—there's hmm, a lot of s's here. Sluzy. Susie slowly, <laughs> you're <a> slusy. <laughs> Susie slowly steps past Trask's body and uses the camera to breathe a few times, and then says, "This is Mrs. Hastings, the patient in room number 19. There's been a horrible accident. Doctor Trask is dead." Then she smiles and says "dead" again a few more times and chuckles more. And that's kind of the end of the episode. Yeah, but once
1: again, there's a million cameras, and they can see that she just let him die.
0: Well, first she was assaulted, though, Brandon, <laughs> so... Yeah,
1: if they've got the camera footage, then, uh yeah, they could see what was going on.
0: With Crypty, he's gotten himself tied up in a straight jacket and in a coffin with the top of the lid off, and he says, where's Houdini when you need him? And he struggles a bunch with the jacket. He stops to tell us that that was quite the scream, wasn't it, kids? what a surprise for poor dr trask there's a villain with a heart attack that is just when he thought he was going to silence susan forever she walked all over him i suppose you're wondering what became of susan if you give me a scream i might just tell you and he laughs us out of the episode and that is officially the end of mute witness to murder brandon
1: yeah i I like it
0: yeah it was fun it was very tense and very interesting. Everybody's stupid except for Susan, who gets to be a badass at the end. Look, I'm a sucker for final girls and for, like, people standing up for themselves and stuff. I've said that before. So when Susan mm-hmm. got her voice back and she was just like, oh, I can talk you, motherfucker. I was like, "Yeah, yes, that Susan. was Get such it, a good girl. moment. I loved it. It sucks that Susan's world is, like, completely destroyed at this point, but I'm glad she made it out.
1: Yeah. She's alive, which... You know, it could have gone the other way. So it's a victory. Yeah. Yeah. And it was scary because like I said earlier, I've always had a fear of people thinking you're crazy when you're not. And just not being able to convince them. And this goes all the way back, maybe even before (laughs) Good Burger. (laughs) They're in the insane asylum. I'm sure. I'm sure it's been longer than that. But uh yeah, that was always a fear of mine. That'd be like, "Hey guys, I'm not crazy," and they're like, "Oh my god, he thinks he's not crazy. He's even more crazy than we thought."
0: <laughs> Straightjacket with you, Brandon, into the insane asylum.
1: Yeah, um, I was re- I was thinking a lot of this episode. Like, man, just talk. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know you've experienced trauma and you can't, but like, just do it. You'll solve so many problems.
0: Like even the charades part, though, like if paul hadn't went to go get a doctor immediately which i don't think most people would do like this episode no like she
1: just didn't talk a little bit there's a lot that happened because it had to happen for the plot
0: Mm -hmm. yeah like her hitting paul and her you know paul being a fucking idiot like moral of the story brandon if a doctor tells you to to help them you know inject somebody with whatever you just do it you know that's the way the (laughs) plot gets moving
1: the moral of the story is: trust people or not, depending on how slicked back their hair is. That's if it's one. just pushed mm-hmm. back, that's one thing.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you're cutting out just a little bit, which is fine. I, I think the recording Sorry. will be fine. No, how dare you, Brandon? You know what? Moral of the story: <laughs> get better internet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be
0: great. Your hotspot's been working good, though. I got to say, it's been working better good than
1: well. the last one. Yeah.
0: See, now you can just put that hotspot on and play Diablo Four with me. <laughs>
1: oh that's right
0: that'll work just burn
1: through all my gigabytes
0: so anyway mute witness to murder brandon i think it's a pretty good uh episode title you know it's kind of exactly what this episode is
1: i mean yeah she was a mute witness to a murder so
0: pretty descriptive alternate episodes though i mean like episode titles you know the doctor is in That'd be so stupid. I'd be so mad if that's what it was called. The Doctor is Sin. Oh, my God. Hyperdermic Needles, the episode.
1: (laughs) Uh, Rear Window. Just trick people into watching this one.
0: Yeah, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) All right, that's all I got, Brandon. You want to to meet this cast? We got this cast kick.
1: Yeah, who are these people? I only recognize one of them.
0: Well, let's go first with Dr. Trask, played by Richard Thomas. He's been in 122 things, Brandon, so this is going to take me a minute to scroll down to the bottom. There we go. Okay, so started things off in the 50s. What? As as the what? world turns. Yeah, according to us, 1956. How old was he? Like three? Uh, Let me scroll back up to the top. Uh, when's his birthday?
1: He was born in 1951.
0: Yeah, okay, so he was, you know, a baby child actor. He did, he did it. Okay. Uh, Let's see what else he was in. He was in Bonanza, you know, just like in the last episode. Sure. He was in 124 episodes of a show called The Waltons.
1: That's something I think I've heard of, but I could not picture what it is or what it looks I, I, like.
0: I don't know. He was in a movie called Final Jeopardy, which I looked at and was like, oh, man, they made a movie out of Jeopardy, the game show. But no, would I forget be awesome. that Jeopardy. Jeopardy is something like illegal, too. So... <laughs> um he was an it he was bill den Denbro. how do you say his name Denbro? bro stuttering bill, bill den
1: all right so that's like the main character
0: yeah he's the main character of it you know the full grown-up version of bill
1: yeah the less interesting part where you of the story him from
0: uh no i didn't recognize this guy at all oh i'm pretty sure he has a ponytail at that point too in his life really great uh, he's in the Outer Limits. He was in the Adventures of Swiss Family Robinson for thirty episodes. Law and Order, blah blah blah. Elementary, a lot of like newer stuff. Uh, he's last in Ozark for ten episodes, which is I think it's still going on. What do you recognize him from, though?
1: I don't recognize him at all.
0: I thought you said you did. Was that somebody else? No, I'm I, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was Richard Thomas, really, uh, really good actor. Next up, we have Patricia Clarkson, who played Susie. And I like her. I like Patricia Clarkson. Yeah,
1: she's good. She's the one I recognized.
0: Well, what did you recognize? She's Tammy
1: from? One in Parks and Recreation. Oh,
0: I love Tammy One. Yeah, I love Parks and Rec. We could just do a Parks and Rec podcast if you want.
1: God, <laughs> that would be great. Except for there's probably already one starring the cast of Parks and Recreation
0: that, you know. You're probably right. Patricia Clarkson's probably in it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> She was in an episode, like, she started things off back in 1985 with an episode of Spencer for Hire. And uh, she was in Jumanji. She was Carol Parrish in Jumanji, Brandon. Oh, word? That's cool. Yeah, I love her. She's great. Uh, she was in Wendigo. She was in Carrie from 2002, which was a TV movie. So oh, okay. Yeah, I never saw that one. Shutter Island. She was Rachel, too, in that one. I guess I've never seen Shutter Island.
1: Yeah, she's in seven episodes of Six Feet Under. Sarah O'Connor. I don't remember who that is.
0: She was she was in a lot of them. Uh, She was in Easy A. I remember that movie. The Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials. I don't know if anybody's seen that. And yeah, she was in Parks and Rec. So let's finish this up here. She was also in Green Eggs and Ham. Next, next up, let's go with the nurse whose name is apparently Desk, and it's played Desk is played (laughs) by Rose Weaver and rose has been in 27 things so let's take a look here she started stuff off back in 1975 with great performances for one episode sounds wonderful she was also in nothing i really recognize a snow white christmas from 2018 brandon um the last thing she was in was called the last black dinosaur it was a short 2023. that sounds amazing it does right
1: except for reading the reading the description it's actually uh sounds tragic and not at all as cool as i pictured in my mind
0: oh okay yeah you're right that's what if a cop travels in time to learn about the past present and future of a black man he killed Ooh. uh let's talk about our last actress in this episode we're going to talk about dolores played by Kristen nielsen and Kristen's been in 29 things, so let's take a look and see what they were. She started stuff off back in 1985 with Ryan's Hope, where she was in two episodes. Cool. And then she went right cool. into Tales from the Crypt.
1: All right. You just get your feet wet a little bit and then go right with the Crypt Keeper.
0: Exactly. Uh, her most recent role was in 2022 with The Gilded Age. And I don't really recognize anything else that she's been in. I guess Elementary, you know, that's a big show that she was in for an episode. So she was in The Sound of Music Live. That was pretty I've never heard I've never uh really watched the Sound of Music. Um but yeah, yeah that was that was her. Um let me close out these IMDBs, Brandon. Are you ready to find out what we got going on next week?
1: Yes. Excited to see if it's All gonna right. be another horror themed episode or it's gonna be like,
0: uh this one's like
1: what if Tales from the Crypt was like a cartoon?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> there is a cartoon, Tales from the Crypt, but Oh I um, know. <laughs> the next episode of Tales from the Crypt season 2 episode 16 is called Television Terror. That sounds
1: like a goosebump story.
0: It does, right? That's what I thought too when I when I seen this title. Uh it the description's really really short for this one. A TV shock journalist gives an on-air tour of an eerie haunted house. That's it. That's all we got. Okay. That sounds horror-ish. Yeah. I th- so we're actually going to be having a guest on for this episode. It'll be Robin back from uh she was in say cheese and die one and two badge and photo finish so robin is going to join us again and uh yay i've heard good things about this episode brandon like i don't know anything that happens but i think this is one of the ones that are um like highly rated so
1: I'm okay looking cool forward
0: to television terror Yeah, but you know what, Brandon? I'm all done here. We've been recording for a really long time. We did two fucking episodes, which is very unusual for us. And it is time for bed, Brandon. You need to go get some sleep.
1: I know. Gotta wake up and start making more dimes. Oh, wait, that was a reference to the last episode. (laughs) Need to make a reference Ah. to this one.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I need to um, go to sleep
1: or I'm gonna need a straitjacket.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, anyway. I've been up all night, Brandon. I know you certainly have. So I'm going to let you go to sleep now. I will talk to you next week with television terror.
1: Can't wait. All
0: right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Happy anniversary,
1: sweetheart.